Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome everyone to the Elio Podcast. I'm your host, not Michael Bragg. And you can't find me on Twitter, at Bragley. I'm here with producer seth this is brandon spelled b-r-e-n-d-o-n do bitch uh spelled like it sounds baby what's up seth you excited for another yin and yang podcast oh i'm ready baby this is what everybody signed up for it's it's Rutgers week all over again the kids come out to play when dad's gone and that's exactly like you and i can just get going and michael like reels it in but it's it's winter break. We're going research, research me search. Is that a thing? Exactly. That's a saying, right? You yeah. and I know enough about sports. We don't need to come in with an outline, right? <laughs> Untitled document. I love when the outline is titled. <laughs> Not supposed to give it away. <laughs> Let's peel back the curtain a little bit here. All right. All right. So what we're going to what we're going to talk about um, this week and next week, uh, we'll see how much we cover today. Um but we got some outgoing transfers, Seth. Um, we have some guys going to the NFL draft. Um, we have a coaching staff change. But the main thing that I want to talk about, because I think it was honestly one of the best parts of our uh, podcast last year, were quarterback options, right? Um, there's, there's about a half a dozen that I'm, I'm really interested in. I know you watch a lot of football outside the Big Ten. So do I. So um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to cover outgoing transfers, um, what are the odds the NFL guys uh, get a chance? Go over uh, a new coach and quarterback options. Does that sound good? Yep. Let's roll. Cool. All right. So um, outgoing transfers. I feel like we have to talk about the quarterback position, right? Jack Tuttle leaving. Connor Bazelak leaving. Seth, my big question to you is, did I you lose anything? I mean, it all depends on what you replace it with. I mean, it, there the chance that Dexter comes back healthy next year. I, you know, sometimes you cover back quickly from something like that. I mean, not quickly, but you know, uh, within, you know, you can come back by August. Sometimes you can't. So it'll be interesting, you know, so it's all about what you're giving up versus what you get back in return. Um, right now, what you've given up is known quantities. Um, even though there's not much there and what you've got coming in is a complete unknown quantity. So, it's really hard. Well, they only have two say. quarterbacks on the roster. I know, right? Because even Grimmel's gone. Right. Um, so you got to be bringing in two guys. You can't go least. into a season with three quarterbacks. No, 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 no. And Brendan Soresby played what? A quarter? Probably less than that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean. And then you have another in Brock Lowry. You have another Soresby level guy, right? Like a high level three star. He's not going to be ready to play as a freshman. No, 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 no. So, so you got to bring in a starter and a backup. Yes, QB1 and QB2 at the very least. 
So that's why, I mean, with Tuttle's injury, I mean, Tuttle's the one that I wish would have stayed, right? Um, Just as the perennial backup option. Right, right. Like the guy that, you know, at least knows Walt Bell's offense somewhat can, I mean, dude, he looked good in that, what, quarter and a half? (laughs) We were there. Yeah. We saw we saw Jack scooting, um, look doing doing his best Kenny Pickett out there, um, Goodness. but yeah, I mean it, this off season is going to be defined by what they do at quarterback, right? Yeah, absolutely. They you could say that. Um, I mean, I'll I'll make the hyperbole here early. Coach Tom Allen's job is contingent upon it. Hundred percent. Hun. Purse. If he puts two, he went two and ten, four and eight. I think he may be able to get by with a five and seven, but I think anything less than five and he's gone. And juxtapose it with, you know, Michael Penix coming back for another year at Washington. That's the huge elephant in the room is the quarterback was here the whole time. Yep. That hurts. I mean, I didn't get quiet because I, I didn't have anything to say. Anyone that's listening <laughs> on this podcast knows I always have something to say. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's woulda, coulda, shoulda. Unfortunately, IU football can be defined as woulda, coulda, shoulda over its last, what, 10, 20, forever. Yeah, um, but I mean, so. we have a situation where we could have a, you know, the, the euphemistic coach on the hot seat or, you know, uh, I mean, he has to come into 2023 as with, you know, Pat Fitzgerald uh, with Loxley as probably, you know, in that top three of Big Ten coaches who are on the hot seat, have a make or break year. Um, It really the writing is on the wall that if there is not a drastic improvement from last year on. And it's all going to come down to the quarterback play. It's all going to come back to consistent quarterback play. This is message board fodder. And I know Michael hates when I go on message board fodder. (laughs) Um, The best message board is on peaks.com. I pay for it. You should pay for it. Get into it. Um, But what I heard is the NIL money to get a quarterback is absurd. I don't want to go too much into it because that's going to be our main portion of our podcast here. But how much money do you think Nebraska paid for Casey Thompson? Was it 600000 A mil. Oh. So if that's what it costs to get a what, average, five and seven? an average Big Ten quarterback, I, mean, I don't think it was all, I don't think Nebraska was all Casey Thompson's fault, but he's nothing more than average, right? Sure. Cost him, IU doesn't have a million dollars in NIL money to give one player. That's what concerns me. That, like, what what IU has to do is recruit well at the quarterback position and develop. IU is, I, I hate to make the you know a a apples and oranges comparison, but they're they're the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? They're not oh going to go out and spend big money on free agents to get big players. I was going to say they're a lot like the Pacers. It, it's a nice, right? sexy town. That's, that's yeah. even a, that's a way better analogy. Way and you're better. You're going to have to overpay for the talent that you're able to bring in. And a lot of times when you're going to bring them in, you're going to bring them in on a one or two year deal deal where they're betting on themselves in order to get that next leapfrog deal. Um, and you're hoping that they're coming in for a year or two to leapfrog to the NFL, not to leapfrog to Ohio State or Oklahoma or Notre Dame. Yep. So th- that, that's why like IU can't keep playing this 
transfer portal game because the transfer portal is dominated by dollars. Mm-hmm. And IU football is never going to win the dollar game. Um, but anyway, let's let's keep going on the transfer. We can go on the quarterback thing for probably an hour. Um, sad to see Chucky Campbell go and sucky to see him go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's salt in the wound. Yeah, I mean, you, you never he was definitely the well, actually, I take that back. I think James Evans, I think, ultimately was my probably special teams MVP of the season. But I mean, Chuck Campbell was a consistent kicker. He he did everything he wanted to do. He got a couple blocked last year that was a little uncharacteristic. But other than that, he was the consummate college kicker. He was steady, you know, he had decent range. You can throw him out there from 50 yards if he needs ice to. water. That was his best. Like he, he wasn't the most accurate. He didn't have the biggest legs, but it, he seemed to always make the ones that count. And so right? it's not the loss of him necessarily, but it's compounded by the it's where you lose him to. Um, I think like you're like you said, it that's the additional like uh, cherry on the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. On the yes. Sandwich. And- and how many times did we sit on this preview pod saying like points are going to be at a premium, mm-hmm. but at least we got Chucky. Yep. I think points are going to be a premium next year and we don't have Chucky. We don't. Yeah. So, all right, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball, losing two wide receivers in Javon Swinton and Malachi Holt Bennett. I asked it with quarterback. So I have to ask it with wide receivers. Is IU really losing anything here? No of a lot of potential in those two names, not a lot of production. Like I can't, Michael's better at this. He has a, he has a better memory than I do. I can't think of a single Malachi Holt Bennett moment. Not one. No. Swinton had the huge catch over the middle in the Penn state game. Um, the fourth and seven, I think my, again, Michael would know, but, but Swinton had that massive, massive fourth down grab first down grab, um, in the Penn state game, but that's on a team that was desperate for healthy pass catchers last year and those two guys, well, yeah, I mean, compound it. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't, you know, see the field, let alone produce. So. I, you know, again, we, we've talked about the talent evaluation process. Were they really not that good? Were they really, you know, um, were they being wrongly evaluated? I, yeah, I, oof, that's a tough one, but I don't think I was losing anything here. No, no offense the, to these two the guys are the production wasn't there. So mm. how do you lose what you didn't have? Exactly. Uh, let's stay with offensive weapons here, uh, because I honestly think this is the, the biggest hit on the offense side of the ball. Um, and it's AJ Barner. Um, and I know I was pretty negative about him, but Seth, have you seen the schools come and calling on AJ Barner? I have not. We're talking Michigan. We're talking Oklahoma. We're talking Auburn. We're talking UCLA. Like we're talking high or high middle power five conferences. I mean, Michigan's the best, right? So like, like that, that, that statement was just wrong with Michigan, but like AJ Barner is getting attention that tells me that he was either not used well or um i don't know like you don't get those offers because with his production without somebody seeing something right no he he was another guy i was critical of several times during the season I definitely expected him to be a much bigger part of the offense there were some pass catching issues um 
you know, and you just wondered, you know, what did he do well? Um, he did a lot of things fine, but what was the thing that he hung his hat on? Was he a blocker? Was he a pass catcher? Was he a route runner? I, you know, I don't really know that he ever really, ex- uh, you know, displayed positives, you know, plus right. skills in any of those and any of those things that, that are, you know, the foundations of what a tight end does. Um, but holy hell, the potential's there. The body's there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, you know, it's the whole, oh God, I'm going to pull a terrible thing that my coaches used to say, but you know, it's one of those, does he look like Tarzan play like Jane situation? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but the potential, dear God, the potential is there. And if somebody's able to put it together, harness him, I mean, he's going to be a guy you're going to miss in a couple of years, but yeah. you know, again, does he tap into it? I don't know. Wish him well. Yep. Last guy on the offensive side was Randy Holtz, uh, lineman from the state of Indiana. I believe I think he's a Fort Wayne guy. Um, never really saw the field. I think he'll probably go to a Mac level. Um, so, but best to him, right? Be- yeah. Best to him. Uh, let's jump to the defensive side because oh. the names are much bigger here. Um, none bigger than Oklahoma Sooner, Desan McCullough. An article came out today in Sports Illustrated about Desan. Did you see this? I did not. All I know is that he was the number two rated transfer in the portal. Tom Brew, who is the IU beat reporter for the Sports Illustrated, said that they offered Desan McCullough $300,000 in NIL money. IU offered Desan McCullough $300,000. We don't know what he signed for Oklahoma, but, I mean, that seems like a lot. Like, I'm pretty stoked that IU had that in the budget for one player. Yeah, but, I mean, let's just be realistic here. Oklahoma would give three hundred thousand to a you know a middling walk on, um, you know who wouldn't play until special teams on a senior year. Yeah, the the money scope is different. It is Indiana basketball. Maybe they can give millions of dollars to Malik Renew. I don't know. Uh, maybe they can give millions of dollars to you know whatever big prospects coming in next year. Football ain't the same thing. It's a different game, and Oklahoma has the coffers. They have the willingness to pay, and they're going to continue to outpay Indiana in head-to-head battles year after year, unless something dramatic happens. I don't think it will, but um, it's a bleak landscape out there, man. I'm going to give you an early Brando's rando. Desan McCullough, most talented player to put an IU jersey on since who? Ever. Ever, ever. I think Michael would answer Tevin Coleman. I think uh, Desan McCullough is better than Tevin uh, Tevin Coleman. I would say he's right up there with Antoine Randall. Yeah, I mean, Michael has crimson cream colored glasses on, and he's delusional most of the time. But Coleman um, did make it to an invite to the Heisman ceremony, Seth. I mean, don't don't shoot that down. But I mean, Desan McCullough is on another level. Like he's yeah. I, I mean, the fear is that he turns into this amazing big. Well, I guess it's going to be SEC. Um, you yeah. know, he's Isaiah head. Simmons. He's Isaiah Simmons, and that, that's exactly what I texted you. Is what Brent Vettel's did with Isaiah Simmons made me like Clemson football. I am not from the South. I am not a. I don't. I mean, purple and orange is kind of a cool color scheme. Don't get me wrong, but like there is nothing about the University of Clemson itself that's attractive to me in any way. But holy hell, when they made Isaiah Simmons a strong safety slash middle linebacker slash D end, 
Oh man, that the stuff that they could do with him was was a chess piece that I haven't seen since I can't even remember when. Um, I mean, it was kind of like uh, what was the guy uh, Kem uh, DJ? Um, yeah. Oh, like those are the guys where he would play inside, outside, and online, and oh, he would just blow up everything. And uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons was that guy that. As when he when uh McCullough came, it was like, what position is he gonna play? Doesn't matter. He can be Isaiah. Simmons. Didn't Kim DJ play be. in the bowl game and got like a serious serious injury? Yeah, yeah. Man, that guy was incredible. And then after the injury, I mean, he was gone, just gone. Yeah, that guy was incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm always gonna like the son. I-, I cannot be mad. He's not one of these guys. I'm like, oh, you should stay loyal to the program. Uh, I wish I could get Michael's take on that, but guy was so fun to watch i said it in the last month of the season that like hey watch him watch him because you might never see it again and we didn't uh let's let's let's, uh jump to the secondary um where we lose lem watley neely who really came on in the second half part of the year chris keys which i mean that's already a depleted cornerback room that one hurts and the guy that had real high highs and real low lows, Josh Sengetti. Um, Seth, who is IU going to miss the most out of those three guys? I mean, I would have penciled probably all three of those guys in at, at starters. Starter. Every year. single one would have started. Uh, Every so, single one. You know, it, again, it, the question is, what's the biggest miss now? And I really think that between Keys and uh, Lem Watley-Neely, I think they definitely had the most consistency of last year between those three, except I guess my linchpin of the argument here is you have mounds, you have Mullen, you have these kind of freshmen waiting in the wings to take over. Yeah, it may force them to the front a little bit more, maybe a little earlier than they're ready for, but you have those heir parents there. I don't know who the heir parent is at safety. I'm pricing bonds. I, I don't know who I don't know who's gonna be Noah Pierre might come back, but he's more of a husky, right? right? So he's he's not a true safety. No, I'm with you. I think I think Sangetti one on pedigree alone and two because a Tom What's Allen defense, Tom, Tom Allen's defense has shown that he can produce corners. I mean, it seems like every year we're talking about a new corner that's come came out of nowhere for IU. I mean, Len Watley Neely, right? He wasn't a guy we were talking about in the preseason as going to be an impact guy. We may have said Chris Key's name. We've been talking about Jess Sangetti for three years, mm-hmm. right? We were talking about him in recruiting. Um, he he made some splash plays his freshman year. Um, I think losing Sangetti is is huge. Um, and, and one I think we're really going to fill for both uh, reasons I said and you said. Um, I think I use got to go get a transfer safety. Has to. Yep. And um, the quarterback of the defense too. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's the the vice versa thing is, it's either it's middle linebacker and free safety on defense, it's quarterback and running back on offense. Those are the two positions that you have to have the stockpile, um, if you're going to consistently be a you know a, let's say a you know five hundred or above college football team in the big 10 yep last one here to cover uh was richard thomas um he didn't play at all he was a freshman but he was another highly rated recruit um i talked about this in last week's podcast um last year's uh recruiting class was really heralded um 
you were really hoping that was, we were talking about that's the recruiting class that is going to swing IU up to possibly replace Michigan State. I mean, we'll never know if Richard Thomas was going to be a part of that, but now we definitely know he won't be a part of that. Um, my question to you is, how important is it on a, call it recruiting menum, call it recruiting optics, to hold your, your four-star, your high-rated Florida guys? How important is that? Is that more of a fan thing, or, or is that a real aspect? Oh, that's absolutely a real aspect. I mean, I think the only way you continue to get four-star prospects coming in is when you see four-star prospects succeed. Uh, I think those are the guys who have the biggest spotlights on them. And I think when they when they leave, that gets noted. And I think when they succeed, it gets noted. And, you know, if you want to keep attracting, you know, like-minded guys, you need to have those guys produce and have success stories. And unfortunately, right now, that success story, you know, or that potential success story is going elsewhere. Just like the, you know, again, to heart back on the Desamacola thing, he was the capstone. He was the gem of that draft or damn draft class, that recruiting <laughs> class, um, you know, and now he's gone. So that's the whole idea is, you know, it, does that make it harder for a five-star defensive lineman to come here when they say, oh, that one guy came here for a year and uses as a, as a, you know, jumping board to, you know, to bigger and better places. Well, if you're a five-star coming out of high school, you don't need to use Iowa or Indiana as a, as a jump board to get to where you want to go. You can immediately go there. So, um, you know, it's just a really tough position to be in for Indiana when you're I'm with, uh, see Michael had to talk me off a ledge. He, Mike, I, I don't know if you listen to last week's podcast, Michael went down the entire class like Brandon quit freaking out. It's okay. Cause I'm like, ah, the son's leaving. Ah, Richard Thomas is leaving. And he's just like, a lot of the guys are there, but my point was the top guys are leaving. The mm -hmm. top guys aren't playing. If the top guys are leaving and the top guys aren't playing, that's real. So do you um, know who replaces the top guy every year? Kentucky basketball. Indiana, in, Indiana football isn't Kentucky basketball. There isn't that same pipeline of, of, you know, instant five stars coming through that door. Yep. Um, and All so right, you're gonna get your tin, you get them, you gotta, tin foil you cap on. Here to get yeah, your tin foil. We've been way too serious on this podcast. This isn't this isn't a Seth and Brandon podcast. We're we're gonna have a little <laughs> bit of fun here. Um, IU takes two out of three on Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland. Take your pick. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Go six and six. Go to a bowl game. Which of the guys we covered is coming back on a bowl team? Uh, Chuck. Connor, Desan will be at 50-50. No, I think Desan's gone no matter what. I I, I think he... Barner's back. Barner, I agree. I think Sengetti. Well, I, I think you lose the receivers still. Yep, because they didn't get the production, right? Like, receivers right. want their stats. I think Tuttle's gone. Tuttle's gone, I agree. Yeah, and I think Sanguinetti probably stays. Yeah, because I, I think Randy Holt's freshman gone. Richard Thomas' freshman gone. Yeah. Um, receivers go. I think um, the corner, the cornerbacks are, you know, they stay upon that. No, I think they're gone to still too, because oh, you I do. Think they so we, we finally differ. We finally yeah. differ. I think, I think they stay, um, because I think those guys are, they're what well, I think they're probably, I think they're sophomores, maybe mm -hmm. juniors. They realize they need, they need to get tape, right? They, they, they need to get, they, they want to see success. 
they, they've been here because, yeah, I think they're both sophomores. They've been here for two years and they've experienced six wins in two years. But it's a good point. Is it bad, pos- bad podcasting to say you may have changed my mind? I, love I don't know. To, I love I don't when know. you talk to me like that. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. I, I just Stop. don't know. I think that the I think you I think there's a be- much better chance at least one of them stays. Yeah, I'll give you that much at least. Yeah, if if Chucky went to another bowl game, right? He stays. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. let's let's jump to the NFL draft where um IU has four players going. Um you know what? Let's do predictions. How many out of these four before we kind of go individually and, and we'll do that, but let, let's jump to the 30,000 foot view first, Sean Shivers, DJ Matthews, Bradley Jennings, Taiwan Mullen over under one and a half get drafted under who's the only guy that has a shot to get drafted. Taiwan Mullen day one, day two, day three, day three, easily day three. Easily. I would put a six rounder on him. Are you surprised he went to the draft? No, I would have thought he would have transferred, honestly. Um, but he, he he's a true IU guy. I like Taiwan was frustrating the last two seasons. Mostly, I think, because he was hurt and he tried doing too much. Um, but I mean, we just talked about recruiting impact. Hard to put the value that Taiwan Mullen put in the program. Um, he's got to be one of the most important players to IU's program in the last half decade, right? Yeah, and I would almost venture that if he does well in the NFL, or even let's just say he's a, a marginal NFL player who has a you know a five to seven year career, that would do so much for IU football to throw another guy like that into the pros who's now a you know essentially not a generational talent so I mean but a family talent he he has a younger brother there I think it does something to to show that you know guys like that can make it here um yeah I don't know I and he's gonna rep IU <laughs> that's the thing it's like you know when right. you're on Monday Night Football he's gonna say you know IU Hoosiers or whatever right. on his thing. It's not going to Hoosiers. Some, something. He's got that real deep voice. Um, no, I, I completely, I'm, I'm there with you. I think, I think Taiwan is going to age very well in IU fandom. Um, you know, we, in the off season, we always do what, you know, IU Hoosier drafts and best <laughs> evers, you know, stuff like that. I think Taiwan Mullen makes his, makes it on that list. And I think we, I think we remember the good times. Yeah, that but, 2020 season will, uh, yeah, will will always be remembered fondly. Exactly. Um, DJ Matthews, if this was 2020, DJ Matthews looked like he was an NFL player. Um, yeah, I mean, I he is feel a, awful he and, for the guy. He and Shivers, I think, have the exact same role in the NFL, and that's as a, you know, fourth running back, seventh receiver, punt returner. Yep. And, yeah. And, 
if they can grab and go good uh it's a really hard t- you know it's a really hard job to catch on a lot but, of know, athletes like the, in the nfl a the Jaquim, lot of athletes jakeem grants of the world you know kind of the i think he's from Rutgers. he was what five seven 175 pounds something like that and he's made himself a niche in the nfl as a punt returner uh, he was on the bears a couple of years ago he was on the on the dolphins for a few years you know, those are the kinds of roles that those two guys can get into. I don't see Sean. I, I mean, I didn't see Sean Shivers is never down back in the Big Ten. Uh, I certainly don't see it in the NFL. Um, you know, could he be a you know a, a fourth running back on a roster spot somewhere? Sure, um, because he, he does provide that punt returning capability. And same thing with you know DJ. It's just. Yeah, I mean, Roquan Smith would eat him alive um, if he was to kill him across the middle. Kill yeah. him. And Roquan again, nothing, Smith nothing was against an DJ. absolute force against the Steelers, by the way. Him on the Ravens is almost unfair. Yeah. It's almost you unfair. Him on a competent defense? Oh, what a shame. I wouldn't know. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, real quick, going back to Taiwan, I, I kind of had a fleeting thought, and then, it, well, and then it left, and now it's back. Do you know? I bet you don't, but maybe. The two IU football players that both one made a play and one got signed this past weekend. There's no way you get this. If you get this, buy your night night of drinks. I'll buy you the fifth of the fifth that I drink at your house. <laughs> I'm I'm lost. Raheem Lane is out oh. smacking people on defense. And Ryder Anderson just got signed to a practice squad. Interesting. Good for them. I always thought Raheem Lane, like, again, he's that corner that kind of came out of nowhere in, in, in the Tom Allen system. Raheem Lane doesn't surprise me. Ryder Anderson surprised me. I mean, he, he seems like every middle-of-the-road SEC D-end ever. You know, there's yeah, 10 dozen the- of them. Um, he's got that pro body size, though. Exactly what they're looking for, that, you know, 6'5", 250, you know, tall, long, strong, lean. And bend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah um, all about the bend. All about the bend. Uh, and then Bradley Jennings, Um, you know, I mean, he's on this podcast. We talk about um about the linebackers at IU. If some of those guys can't make it, there's no chance, Bradley Jennings. I mean, yeah. Bradley Jennings, you came up in some big spots and in, in during the season. Um, I think you exceeded your expectations in Bloomington, but. Uh, that guy's not that guy's not a Sunday football player. Yeah, I mean, there's always a place in the NFL for pass coverage, metal linebackers. Um, I just don't think that he necessarily has the size or the you know the tape to to really put out there to say that he's an every down or even a situational linebacker in the NFL. It's just you know there's too many other people out there who have um, have been blessed with the size and the speed to uh, yeah exactly appear to be better options. Real quick, 30 seconds. IU signs an offensive line coach from Wisconsin, Coach Bostad. Good signing, right? To get a get an offensive line coach from Wisconsin. Best news you've had in the offseason thus far. Absolutely. All right, let's jump to a quick word from our sponsor before we jump into quarterback options. And, and Rod Carey moving back to quality assistance. So essentially you're having two offensive line coaches. I think that's, that's the best thing you could hope for. I mean... We hit on it, what, two weeks ago about IU's quarterback injury. Big part of that is offensive line. Uh, super quick word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand. 
Built on a deep love for the sport and the Hoosier State, they craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to shop their sick gear. Guys, it is December 16th. Go buy some stuff for your family. Go to MTC's website and buy things like shirts, hoodies, and koozies. Everyone has that runner in their family that is probably doing that like Santa 5K or or Santa (laughs) half marathon or elf something. They're going to need something, and MTC has it for you. And I think to our listeners, they are offering 10% off on your order. Just use the promo code LEO10 at checkout. Now, let's talk quarterback, Seth. Hold on, um, hold on, hold on. Um, I got one question to ask while we're on Mon on Track Club. So I'm in a secret Santa group you? with Garrett, uh, the, the owner of MTC. Yeah, now, if good, he happened guy. to have selected me and he brings me MTC stuff as my gift, is that a is that an okay move? I it's mean, an ultimate troll move. I don't know Garrett. I, I've met Garrett maybe twice. One at Bragg's wedding. Troll it, move would be would would describe him pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get him gear of a podcast you're on is savage. That is a savage troll move. It would be very funny. I'm all for it. And buy it discounted and give it back to him. Okay, cool. (laughs) Proceeds go to him, right? (laughs) He's literally making money off a gift he's getting for someone. It's hilarious. Um, All right. You ready to talk quarterbacks? Let's do it. You ready to talk quarterbacks? All right. I know you know some. I'm going to save the big name for last. But I want to start with two guys IU has absolutely no shot on, but I want to talk about it. And, and those two are Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State and Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. 1% or 0% either one of those guys come to IU. So. Oh, zero. Um, both of them, I'm a little bit surprised, are even in the portal. Spencer Sanders has been a... I thought perennial like, all, yeah. big, all big. 12. Yeah. Um, you know, he, I think he was on the freshman team uh, on the all freshman team. He's been about a three year starter um, yeah. and they've been a consistently good team. So it's not like it's, he's in search of success or anything like that. Uh, you wonder what's going on, what would have led to that. Um, but he's, I, my guess is he's looking for a bigger program to leapfrog to, uh, Grayson McCall. I'm a little less surprised by only in the fact that I know their quarter or their coach just left for Liberty. Um, and so maybe that change at coaching is like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go ahead and grasp this for agency thing. Um, but you would have to expect that somebody like Grayson McCall, who's again, three year starter, um, he's going to be getting calls from. I can't think of anybody everybody. off the top of my head, but everybody, you know, North Carolina State, probably, uh, uh, you know, Wake Forest, you know, any of those North Carolina is, is, is Bo Nix finally out of eligibility. So, like, Oregon potentially could be like, I could see Spencer Sanders at Oregon. Yeah. I mean, right? it's similar, similar wide open the, offenses. The, the court, Florida just lost their quarterback. Is yep. Grayson McCall or Spencer? I think they're big enough for Florida. Yeah. I, I, maybe I would not say Grayson. McCall maybe a little bit. No, I would say the opposite. I'd say almost Grayson has more of a chance at Florida because you know it's 
I don't know, man. It's tough. It's hard to see where some of these guys fit in at. Yeah. Because, you know, you wonder if it's system based. You wonder if it's definitely with Grayson you know, system. I don't think I think Spencer yeah. Sanders is I think Spencer Sanders QB do well. one. Yeah. Right now yeah. in the transfer portal. QB yes. one. Um, another guy I don't have on here, but um, the, the Notre Dame quarterback, Drew Pine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's very good. Is he? A oh, you and I have different. Yeah. You think he's good? I think he has that rare quarterback trait that it seems like Notre Dame quarterbacks used to have in the 90s where they don't look the part. They don't even play the part necessarily, but somehow they have this grit and determination that just kind of leads to wins. Um, I think, you know, people call it moxie. You know, that that like, uh, oh, shoot, that varsity blues, uh, you know, Moxon, <laughs> like, you yeah, know, I love like, that movie. <laughs> you know, that's who he kind of reminds me of is like, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He's uh, I mean, he's like 5'11", like 197 pounds, um, but he hangs in there. He has a toughness to him. He doesn't make all the throws. He doesn't have the big NFL arm, but he just kind of does just enough to win games. And there's there's a need for that in the college football level. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you there. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to words. I, I think Drew Pine's a little lower than that. I could see him going. Does Wisconsin have a quarterback next year? No, they Mertz do a rever- transferring it too. I thought right. Mertz just signed with somebody. I don't know where he signed. Um, but yeah, could it be a reverse Jack Cone? Could Pine go and follow Wisconsin? Maybe. Maybe. Um, anyway, um, next I wanted to sh- uh, cover three guys that I think IU is actually better than. Um, and I'm not even sure if you're familiar with these three names. I wasn't. I, 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 I do a college football show, and, and I didn't even know um, of two of these three guys. One was Malik Hornsby. Um, he's just buried behind K.J. Jefferson. K.J. Yep. Jefferson was hoping to put an NFL tape on. He was just injured. So with KJ Jefferson coming back, Malik Hornsby, um, athletic running guy, everything Walt Bell wants in a quarterback. Um, what do you, what do you think about that guy? Ba- basically, KJ Jefferson light. Yeah, I mean he'd be a great QB two option for the guy who's going to be the dual threat quarterback. Um, but he's not leaving Arkansas to be a backup quarterback at Indiana. Correct. Correct. Word is. I, you know what? I'll save that. I, I have something on Malik Hornsby later that I got again from the great website that is peaks.com. Next two are both from Colorado. Brendan Lewis, who was the starter for some of the season. I mean, Colorado is one of the worst power five teams. Like they're yeah, IU atrocious. of are they were they were worse than they IU, were worse. Right? They were much they worse. Were, than they IU. were worse than IU. Brendan Lewis played some games for Colorado. He's the QB too. I think Um, again, fits that Dexter Williams, very athletic. He reminds me kind of of Joe Milton, huge arm, athletic, can't hit a broadside of a bar. That's Brendan Lewis. But the interesting one here. Oh, boy. Miller cops, brother Maddox cop. A little bit of a Jack Tuttle, highly rated recruit that went west, 
hasn't been able to see the field. Thoughts on Maddox Cop following his brother to Bloomington. I mean, when you texted me that, I was in the Indianapolis airport at the Allegiant uh, baggage claim as a uh, as a plane load of sad IU fans returning from Las Vegas joined us at the carousel. And I just thought, wow, that's a perfect fit. That right? is that is hand in glove. <laughs> but I, he he like his brother not the most athletic he he doesn't fit what i mean he is a he doesn't have the arm of connor Bazelag, right but he is jack tuttle right like literally if you look at him if you see the way he plays like he can run but it's it's kind of painful to watch run um so maddox cop he's the qb2 i think that's that's who i'm going to be championing and Miller, I mean, maybe you may as a Purdue fan, what are your thoughts on Miller Cop? Um, I don't know, man. He's he's like the the stereotypical guy that every single IU fan that I know envisions as IU basketball. Just like the six foot five white guy who allegedly can shoot three pointers. And every IU basketball fan I know thinks that they should have a monopoly on six foot five white three point shooters. Um, So Uh. for me, he is just the like, (laughs) like the archetype of what IU basketball fans dream of. That's fine. It's spot on spot on Um, where I was going with that is he generally seems like he has fun, right? He seems like he very much enjoys college. Um, you know, I mean, he isn't at Taiwan level, right? But um, I don't know. I think he. I, I think. I think. I think. I don't mind him recruiting for for IU. When um, you've been saved from the depths of Northwestern basketball and shown to the semi relevance of IU basketball, sorry. I mean, I guess you have more question. Question higher on the totem pole: Northwestern basketball, Colorado football. Dude, Colorado football used to be so good. Cordell they Stewart, my, baby. Cordell they Stewart. They were my favorite program until I went to college, until I went to Purdue. Colorado was like my favorite school. That was the dream destination. And it was all because of Cordell Stewart, Rashawn Salam, those teams from like the early to mid-90s that were just like, I don't know, the Buffalo Roman across the field, Ralphie coming out on the field. They had that weird, like, raised black surface around one of the end zones that has Colorado written into it that makes no sense. It's kind of an eyesore, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, it doesn't get better than Boulder, man. Boulder, beautiful. Oh, I have a story about Hempfest in, like, 1998 out there. Oh, I tell you what. Tell you that one at the tailgate. Um, hell, hell of a place to take your kid on a family vacation. I had lovely. You're going to do the same with Buck. Lovely right? parents. Same yes. thing. You're going <laughs> to replicate that just like the vacation movies. <laughs> I need to see it. Um, my wife's backup school, Colorado. Um, she, her four schools are Michigan State, IU, Texas, Colorado. Obviously chose IU, her backup school, though, Colorado. Um, so the two finalists make a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> you knew where it does. If you knew I don't know. I was going to say it's, uh, I, Indiana and Colorado over Michigan State and Texas all day long. Yeah, very true on that front too. Very true on that front too. 
All right. Um, let's get to the two guys I think everyone wants to talk about. Um, and that is Chance Nolan, um, who kind of got Wally pipped out of Oregon State. Um, he got injured early in the season. Uh, the freshman took over at Oregon State and just put on an absolute team of destiny season for the Beavs. Um, the Beavers have won me a ton, a ton of money in gambling. And, you know, he, he's a junior um, that, like I said, got Wally pipped. Um, so I love Chance Nolan. He's basically, I think he's a slightly better uh, Peyton Ramsey. Um, do you know anything about Chance Nolan? Yeah, I watched him a couple times last year. Um, they had what Nation Wright, who was from, I think he was the last player on Last Chance U, um, that was still in kind of big time yep. football. So I watched them a lot just because you know I was interested in his story. When I wasn't really rooting for the Beavers or anything, um, other than that, a goofy, big Beaver fan. I'm a big go- Beaver that fan. goofy mascot nickname. Um, but it's. Um, so I watched him. He was definitely an impressive player. They won a lot of games. He put up a lot of yards. Um, I think he has kind of the uh, the con- not the consi- yeah the consistency and the and the experience that you would look for. And I honestly think um, I don't know if realistic is the right word because I don't know what his headspace is. I don't know what if he has like a list yeah. of final three or anything like that. But I think that is a realistic consideration. Now I've heard nothing. Not on Twitter, not on Peaks. I don't know if there's a connection, right? But when I was going through the portal, this is just the one. So this is me creating the hype out of nowhere. But right, he, but I'm just saying. Of he's all, the guy of, I of want. All of these, he's that, the guy I want. You I'll just come out and draw some connective tissue that says, hey, we can guarantee you day one starter. Would you be interested in that? And he, As a guy you, who you would never, over, of course, you would never say this, right? No, you say opportunity to compete for the number one job, uh, right? You know, our incumbents, our incumbent starters coming back from a, from an injury, so you'll probably be leading spring camp. You know, there's a whole lot of ways to spin that. That's not saying you're starting day one, but at the same time, it's wink and nod. You're starting day one. Um, yeah, so I, I think that I I think they could put together a compelling argument. So, see if you're with me here. Um, because you're, you're definitely more open to uh, the West Coast than, than I think uh, maybe me or, me or Bragg is. But I think you sell playing at big noon. You're not, you're not stuck playing at 9.30, 10.30 at night, right? You're playing against Ohio State. You're playing against Michigan. You're not playing against Cal, right? You're not playing against Stanford at 10.30. Is that appeasing at all? to somebody from the West coast. You know, I don't know. Um, Come on, get, get your headspace in to a 20 year old uh, California kid. I mean, I would always like to think that the more people who can see you, the better it's going to make you feel. It's the better that a, a, a pro scout is going to fall in love with you and tell his boss, damn it, Jim, we need to have, chance nolan at, <laughs> in the fourth round um you know that's the dream that you sell yourself on every single day that you're working to become the best college football player you can be is i'm selling myself i'm working my ass off so that this scout who you know smokes a pack of marlboros a night um is going to be interested in what i can offer his, you know his team and he's going to stake his reputation draft day style on me and you know kevin costner is going to show the the post-it note at the end uh you know, 
Nolan all the way or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love draft day. I um, it's it's so campy and awful, but at the same time, it's like yes, it, it's a train. Wreck. You cannot take your eyes off draft day. Um, last question about Chance Nolan: Is that a hero or villain name in a nineteen eighties action movie? It's definitely like the John Hughes high school movie bully name. See, that's what I was like. I think in a sports movie, he's the like hero. Anthony Michael Hall has been spit on him before but, by him before. Yeah, I think it depends on the type of movie, but I think it can be both. It was a trick question. Chance Nolan <laughs> can be good and bad. <laughs> good and bad. All right, let's get to the one that I'm sure everyone wants us to, wants to hear our opinion on, and that's Jeff Sims, a Georgia Tech. Um, he seems to be built out of a lab of exactly what Walt, Walt Bell wants, gets rid of the ball quickly, is athletic, likes to roll out, has D1 experience, has high major experience. Jeff Sims, before I give people kind of what I've heard um, on Twitter and on pigs.com, what are your thoughts on Jeff Sims? Uh, I guess I have breaking news here. Hold on. Uh, oh, did Purdue he commit is, somewhere? No, Purdue is hiring Graham Harrell as its offensive coordinator. I believe that's hire. the former Texas Tech quarterback. Yes. Um, it's a great hire. Yeah. Now that we're defensive heavy. Um, I was pitching Graham Harrell as uh, offensive coordinator for IU last year. Um, sorry. So Jeff Sims is is the guy who had again. He started as a true freshman at Georgia Tech. He has three years under his belt. Again, it's a weird situation where he wanted out. <laughs> I think a lot of Georgia Tech players wanted out. Um, it's just not a very good program right now in a good place. So, you know, the only issue I have with Jeff Sims is if you've been a perennially four and eight quarterback, why the hell would you want to go to another school that may be four and eight? No, you're that's, right. That's the only thing I have I, where he makes Glad. a lot of sense. He's a he's the dream as of the athletic guy. He's got the size. He's got the experience. He fits the system. But why the hell would you want to go from four and eight to four and eight? So I'm about to wrap your mind around this because guess who was leading in the doghouse for Jeff Sims? Nebraska. However, they may like Malik Hornsby better. Jeff Sims was took a visit two weeks ago to Nebraska. Crystal balls rolled in for Nebraska. Then things got real quiet. Now Malik Hornsby is visiting Nebraska this, uh, this weekend. So what does that mean? Because that means that Matt Rule is a complete sleazeball. Um, I don't know. Guaranteed Sims a job, and then and then he heard Hornsby might be interested. I didn't yeah. think about that, but that's probably spot on. That's probably <laughs> spot on. I, I'm a little bit kidding. Just that I I don't, I don't think you are. Kidding. I don't think you are kidding, and I think you're right. I just I think that there's a lot of promises that get made in the transfer portal. And I think that when you have Matt Rule, a new guy who's trying to make a splash hire, or uh, hire is not the right word, but a you know a splash transaction in the free agent market, 
of course you got to make promises. Of course you're trying to get the guy who people are coveting. Of course you're going to say some things that may end up putting your foot in your mouth. Every, not every, but most coaches probably should. Um, I'm, I know that if I talk to you and brag and we're off air and we're having an honest conversation, you say, I want Tom Allen doing that. I want Tom Allen out there making promises, you know, making blind faith deals with guys trying to get them here. If it's going to improve this team, um, you know, you see that with Colorado, like the reason the two quarterbacks are leaving Colorado is because, you know, Shadur Sanders is coming in. And even though he's 5'10", 165 pounds, is going to be a big uh, pack. Yeah. Pack 12 quarterback. Um, you know, it's just, <laughs> you have to make those splash plays. You are not splash, yeah, splash plays, splash hires. It's all about the splash, baby. I mean, we're going back to Daryl Hannah in the late eighties. That's what it's all about. If you can't make an impact, you can't move the needle. And what does Nebraska need to do? They need to move the needle. And, you know, Casey, you know, Casey Thompson, whoever it is, they have the money. They have the promises to make. And Matt Rule, a million ain't a, ain't a dollars bonus. for for Casey Thompson, um, good for him. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on a guy for making for making and taking money. Um, I'm dealing with, with Jeff Brom right now. I can't you know I'm not gonna hold it against him. But at the same time, like coaches will pr- make promises. And this is the year. This is the year of of Santa wish lists. And uh, oh, hot damn, man. That's part of the reason why we have so many transfers is they're writing checks that the their ass can't cash. Yep. And uh, I mean, the college football free agency is so much fun. Free agency is the best part of any season because you can sell hope. You can sell an improvement on last year. You can sell making that next step. But it's it's alive and and well in college football. And IU has to have something to sell. And it's not NIL deals. It's not, um, you know, a pedigree. It's not a program history. It's playing time. Yep. You come here, the cupboards are open, buddy. For if sure. You can't, if you can't play here, you can't play anywhere. For sure. All right, last question, then we'll get out of here. In your opinion, if you had a choice of Jeff Sims or Chance Nolan, who are you choosing? Wow. Um, I know all IU fans would say Jeff Sims. I'd go Chance Nolan, personally. Um, he, he's, not the, he's, he's not the perfect fit that Jeff Sims is, but he's just such a better quarterback. Just so, and like you said, the biggest part there is he's had success, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's huge. To just be a win. That's what paid, made Peyton Ramsey. He was just a winner. I want winners. Not, not, you know, distant Jeff Sims. He had Georgia Tech. Maybe, maybe he is a winner. Um, but I'm going with the guy that has more wins. Yeah. I think, and I, I also think that's, you know, um, again, I don't want to say anything negative about Dexter Williams. He has all of the athletic tools in his belt, he has everything you want. And if he was like a running back, if he was a whatever, run, a receiver, you know, exact same skills that you want to have. The one thing he doesn't have is the big arm. He doesn't have the ability to move the ball through the air consistently on an 80, 75, 80, 85 yard drive. Um, Chance Nolan does. For sure. Um, so you, you, this will all be out. Nothing. I mean, by, by the time this podcast is out, oh, sure. Chance Nolan will probably commit <laughs> to, 
you know, UCLA Texas Tech or, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but all right, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining. Let me go back to an outline. Not that's reading um, <laughs> untitled document. Be sure to check out the podcast on Twitter at podcast. LEO. Be sure to download, follow, rate and review on all platforms. Love you guys. LEO. LEO. He said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much. Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio. Elio.